What is up, you guys? You are tuning in to the Health Without Limits podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Prestano, a personal trainer, nutrition coach, teacher, wife, dog mom to two, and mommy to be. Wow, that's weird to say. After too many years of playing it cool and trying to live up to society's standards, I decided it was time to share my voice. I hope that this is a place you will come to share your journey and to feel supported on your way. We'll talk all things health, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, and just some good old girl chat. Thanks for coming along. Let's get going. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Health Without Limits podcast. This week, I have a guest on the podcast. I have Lexi, and Lexi is a registered dietitian that focuses on working with active moms and supporting them in their mindset around food and exercise. I'm really excited to have her on today to just talk about those diet and exercise myths and how we can reframe our mindsets to find a healthy balance. So welcome on, Lexi. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about you, how you got into the health field, and specifically how you found your passion with working with those active women? So let's see, where do I start? So I've been a dietitian for about 10 years. Um, I run my Instagram, which is Be Balanced Dietitian, but then I also have a more local private practice, but I also do virtual work at um, Expert Nutrition and Wellness and based in Northern Jersey. So I've been a dietitian for about 10 years. Um, initially, let's see, do you want me to kind of go into how I got in the field? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So let's see, I think it was around high school time. I started getting really interested in nutrition. And I was always active growing up, like always doing different sports and things like that. Um, but I kind of started when I got when I got interested in running, I started getting interested in nutrition as well. Um, but I just had no idea what I was doing, you know, like following all the health advice out there and things like that, which was helpful to an extent. But as we all know, there's also a lot of bad information out there. Um, so this kind of led me to that interest in nutrition and I had actually always wanted to be a teacher up until this point. And I loved like educating, I loved talking to people about new things and teaching them new things and everything. And when I kind of started to realize how much bad information out there there was, it started making me realize that I could almost like teach nutrition and teach like the um, more important concepts and more effective and more realistic concepts of nutrition. And so from there, I kind of really ended up diving deep into the field. I switched my major going into college to nutrition was like, I can always try it out and I can always go back to teaching if I don't like it. And from there, I really never turned back. So I've been loving it ever since. And what a great reason to get into the field because you're so right that there's just so many like thoughts out there around nutrition specifically and we are so bombarded with all of these different things that you know how do we know what's right how do we know what's wrong and I think that's how women specifically kind of get wrapped up into this dieting world that is just not sustainable exactly 
Exactly. And that's what I was seeing. Like I started getting into, after a couple of years as a dietitian, I started getting into more of the, like the sports nutrition realm. I was working more at like the college level with like D1 athletes, like, but also seeing some like disordered eating on the side too, in terms of just general counseling. And that's really what I was seeing. Like I was seeing so many women and even men who were struggling with kind of the same ideas that I had struggled with just in terms of like, all right, I want to be healthy. I want to be active. I want to be good at my sport or just be um, good in in terms of fitness and be strong but like they were hearing all of the wrong advice you know and it was just like it does not have to be this complicated it can be so much more balanced than this it can be so much more um just less complicated and that you don't have to give up your life in order mm-hmm. to be strong or to be fit or to be really good at your sport like you can do both and you can have a mix and that's really when i broke off and did my private practice that's when i really realized that that's kind of like i loved working with active individuals i loved working with people who were athletes or continuing to be athletes even after having kids and I love working with a lot of the um, like clinical aspect that can kind of come along with that in active women in terms of like GI issues or hormonal issues and just helping them navigate all of these things while also making sure that they know that being on a healthy diet can be sustainable it doesn't have to be like a one-size-fits-all approach or as black and white as the media or diet culture or fitness culture makes it out to be yeah and I love that you brought up too you know with those active individuals there tends to be some other underlying things like you said those GI issues and other things that maybe we wouldn't always necessarily connect all go together so you know with your clients that you work with primarily now when they come into you what do you typically see are some of the common myths that they maybe are believing or you have to kind of debunk for them Yeah, so I would say some of the most common ones, definitely carbohydrates, right, in terms of something, feeling that it needs to be something that's minimized, it needs to be something that's feared, something, carbohydrates or something that cause weight gain or things like that. So I think a lot around carbohydrates, unfortunately, especially for a lot of these active women, right, Mm -hmm. that's like the number one fuel that we want to be giving the body. Um, I also think around just kind of like natural sugars, so like sugar and fruit, um, sugar and some like starchy vegetables, things like that, that avoiding these things when really they can be like nutrition powerhouses and kind of help us feel more effectively. Um, also, I think a big idea, and as we've kind of talked about already, is just that you know, you need to be very strict with your diet in order to be healthy, or you need to be doing all of the things right in order to be healthy. And that's, I think, a big one that I work on with my clients, in addition to the fact that health is not just physical health, right? Like, if we are stressing about how much we're exercising or stressing about how we're eating, then all of a sudden that's affecting another area of our health too. So like, how do we kind of bring it back to the fact that like, we want to be conscious of our physical health, but we also want to be conscious of all of our other aspects of health too. And how do we kind of meet in the middle like a lot of those things? So I think that those are some of like the biggest misconceptions I see from my clients coming in. Yeah, that's such a good point too, that, you know, mental health is going to play right into that physical piece. And so with the active women that you work with, are they moms as well? Or is it kind of like a wide range of women that you see? 
Yeah, I would say it's a wide range. Okay. Um, I have a couple of clients that are new moms. I have a couple of clients that are a little bit older moms. You know, their kids are like in their early teens and they're just kind of just getting back to their full schedule of just having some independence, right? And they want to be active in their own life and kind of navigating that and their busy schedules, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they're working as well. And how do we kind of fit all of these expectations in and make it feel good for us in that right. stressful? Right, yeah. And it's especially with women, you know, that are moms and busy and have jobs and all these other things, like you said, to be able to make it something that's sustainable for them with whatever they have going on. And so circling back a little, you talked about those carbs, you talked about the natural sugars being the things that people fear, which is definitely something we see a lot, I would say on social media, especially because it's such a huge part of the health field now. So with the active individuals specifically, what might be like some of the reasons that they want to incorporate the carbohydrates in their diet or those natural sugars in their diet? Yeah, definitely. So carbohydrates tend to be the body's like shorter term fuel source and we can't store as much carbohydrates for energy in our body. So that's where we kind of want to be constantly replenishing this. Um, it also is the brain's ideal fuel too. So we can kind of more think on our feet, more help with just concentration. Um, in addition to just the physical and performance benefit, right? It's going to help be that thing that helps you go I always say to my clients, like, gives you a little bit more pep in your step, you know, like, helps you feel a little bit, gives you that initial boost, but Mm -hmm. also in terms of if you're trying to hit the record in some way, or you're trying to kind of speed up your mileage, like, that, the carbohydrates are really going to give you that intensity or longer-term endurance boost, Um, and that's kind of why we want to focus on those, but because I work with a lot of active females, the hormones also come into play. So like carbohydrates and fats are two of the most essential nutrients just for producing hormones. So in terms of ensuring hormone balance and optimal hormone levels, that's a big thing as well to include those carbohydrates in the diet on a day-to-day basis and even on a meal-to-meal basis. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot just through people that I've talked to that because of how long we've seen the myths around carbohydrates specifically, it's not, we're not looking deep enough into the things that you're talking about. And maybe people, people aren't realizing that like, oh wait, I need this as my fuel. I need this for performance. And a lot of times you see women that are highly active, you know, lose their cycles and things like that. And they just kind of think, well, you know, once this training is over, I can kind of get back on it. And it's nice that you're sharing the perspective of this isn't normal. It doesn't have to be this way. And here is what we can do so you can still perform at that next level, but also let your body function optimally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And two, just as you mentioned, like, you know, sometimes when, you know, we see changes in our body, it can be stressful, right? And there's also even just kind of avoiding carbohydrates or I don't want to say avoiding, right? Because not always avoiding, but it might be minimizing or it might be kind of like thinking it's the better choice to not include them in our diet and doing it more regularly. And I also see a lot of women struggling with like 
feeling like they're over snacking later in the day, or it's kind of this buildup. I always say like, I go, it's not that you're necessarily hungry, but at the same time, like there's this like bottomless pit where you're not necessarily getting full and that can cause some stress too. Why is this happening? I feel like I'm feeling okay. Like I feel like I shouldn't be over snacking or having, I should be able to control myself around carbohydrates. And oftentimes the carbohydrates can also provide that like satiation mm -hmm. um, benefit too. Um, so just kind of the stress around these things of like, are we getting a regular cycle or why do I, can I control myself around food? Like carbohydrates can often be like the answer for some of these things that can be causing a little bit of stress around that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So with all that, with your clients, do you typically take an approach of like an intuitive eating and learning your hunger cues? Do you have them like track how much they're having or do you change it on a case by case basis? Yeah, so I usually try and do a lot of very individualized work with my clients. Um, first off, we kind of start just optimizing where they are, you know, looking at the timing of things, looking at what they're incorporating in each meal, and really trying to optimize what that looks like, making sure that they're getting all that need, and making sure that we're kind of dealing with any issues, like we talked about hormone issues, digestion issues, um, just feeling like that, over snacking issues, or whatever it might be, like kind of addressing those first. And then once we create a strong foundation with all of that, that's where I kind of start teaching more of the intuitive eating, more of the shifting the mindset around food if there are any like um, thoughts around food that aren't benefiting them and from just in terms of their day-to-day -day basis. Um, and then we kind of get more into that intuitive eating because to me, intuitive eating, I love doing it. I love working on it with clients, but there really needs to be that strong foundation first because that's what's going to make our intuitive cues so much more reliable. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I, I would imagine with active individuals that you're working with, you know, having that foundation and learning those cues is hugely helpful over time because there's probably some periods, maybe they're training for something or they're exerting more energy in their workouts that, you know, they are more hungry and they can tap into those cues. And it's not something that's just like a level playing field every single day. So kind of developing that foundation so that they can become comfortable with the way that that ebbs and that flows, I would imagine, would be helpful to them. Exactly. And I think one thing that I see with my active clients, too, that I think is not necessarily information that's as noticed as much is just the fact that like if we're doing an intense workout like for those couple hours after that intense workout our intuitive cues aren't going to be very helpful to us because sometimes that can actually decrease our hunger sometimes and some people it increases their hunger but some people it actually decreases their hunger so mm -hmm. it's kind of like we need this foundation to kind of help guide us and then we can be better equipped and have more reliable and stronger intuitive cues that actually represent what our needs are on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis yeah, it's a, it's a cool, it sounds like it's a really cool field to work in and to be able to kind of, you know, play around with those things. Um, now, shifting a little bit from the nutrition, you talked also on your page about exercise preference versus exercise attachment. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us like a little bit more about that and how would people know like if they fall into one category over the other? Yeah, so this was something that I was seeing a lot in my work of just 
you know, we all, a lot of us love to be active. We love to be physically fit. But when it comes to rest days, like how comfortable do we feel taking a rest day, right? Do we feel guilt? Do we feel really comfortable with it? You know, it, it kind of happens on a spectrum where everybody falls. But I was noticing that a lot of people were having a little bit too attachment to exercise. And not necessarily that it was like dangerous by any means, but it was more like, are you live, are you able to feel comfortable living your best life, right? Like, do you feel empowered by the fact that you're allowed to take a rest day or is it feeling like a little icky to you, right? So I think in terms of where, like the difference, honestly, I think it kind of comes down to the flexibility. You know, like we can prefer to live our life in a certain way we can prefer to exercise but when life gets crazy when it gets stressful like can we very easily take a rest day or does it start to send us in a little bit of a tailspin or it makes us feel a little uncomfortable or it makes us feel like no I have to like really change my day all around in order to squeeze an exercise when really that just maybe doesn't make sense right now um and I also think too it kind of comes back to that overall like health and benefit of exercise too like are we exercising on those days and it's benefiting our overall health or benefiting like our fitness goals or whatever it might be or is it almost working against us at the point that we're really striving to continue to do it um so i kind of think thinking about those things to find out like where do you fall like how flexible are you like is this benefiting you is this benefiting your fitness is it benefiting all of those other aspects of health in terms of like family health your job things like that um or is it kind of starting to take away from those things on a consistent basis right it's one thing when it's kind of like okay it's a busy week at work and i want to squeeze in my workout right but if it's consistently kind of taking away from those other aspects of health that's where we want to also start to question it a little bit um, and two, how how well do you sit on those rest days, right? Is it something where I'm, I'm on the couch and my sweatpants watching TV and life's wonderful? Or is it kind of like, oh, I feel like I should get out there and do something and it's not super comfortable? Kind of navigating that. Um, and one thing that I talk about my clients, with my clients a lot about this topic, because, you know, I mean, you and I are probably the same thing, right? We love exercise, right? That's probably part of what brought us into this field. We just enjoy it. And a lot of my clients are the same thing. They love to exercise. They really enjoy it. They get a lot out of it. So it's kind of like, well, why, why should I need to take a rest day if I really enjoy it? And one thing I explained to my clients is just the fact of, again, kind of when things get stressful and also having this preference, but we always want to be able to have the option to opt out. Right, like we can enjoy it and love it, but like, don't you want to have the option, and don't you want to feel good about that option, even if you decide never to take it? But we want you to feel comfortable with just having that option to not exercise, to take a rest day, to take more than one rest day in a row, and enjoy it and not feel that discomfort if that comes up. It's so true, and you know, I think once we can get our mindsets around the reason that we're exercising. I've personally found that that helps a lot too. You know, I was somebody that in the past, the only reason I exercised was to physically manipulate my body, try to become smaller and smaller. And I was somebody that if I didn't get my workout in first thing in the morning, I was convinced that I wouldn't do it later in the day. I felt guilt. I felt anxiety. And then once I kind of shifted and started exercising, doing the things that I liked to do, doing the things that felt good, that cleared my head, I realized I can work out any time of the day and it can be whenever I need it. 
and if I get to the end of the day and I'm feeling just exhausted and like I it wouldn't serve me to exercise right now, then I don't have to. But I think that's, I don't know if you find with your clients, that's a really hard shift to make. You have to go through those days of discomfort of taking the rest day and kind of pushing yourself to keep going even though it's hard and it feels uncomfortable until you can kind of get to that place where you have that healthy relationship. Exactly, exactly. Because that other side of it can feel so freeing once we're there, but oftentimes it can kind of feel like the fear of the unknown. Like what's, I've been, you know, for some people, it's like we've been doing this for so long. We've been attached to exercise for so long. Like what's going to happen when I maybe take that rest day or when I stop doing my typical routine that I like doing or that has served me in the past, but maybe is no longer serving me. And then oftentimes, once we're on the other side, we realize that, no, it's actually better. Like, nothing really changed. Like, I'm actually calmer. My stress is lower. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying, like you said, my exercise better because I can be flexible at what time is happening or what I'm doing in terms of exercise. But it can be very scary to kind of take that step forward and see what, like, see what the difference is when we're so used to doing it one way. And especially with the way that social media is now, you know, I'm glad that there is starting to become a shift with voices like yours that are sharing this other side of health that we haven't heard enough about. But then it's hard too when you open your feed and, you know, it's all these people in the workouts that they did today and their full days of eating. And I think that that brings about guilt for people because then they start comparing like, well, should I have taken my rest day today or should I have eaten that bowl of pasta for dinner because this person says, you know, don't eat the carbs or work out seven days a week. So it's kind of a catch-22 with that comparison. It's so true. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember a time where I was at work, like working full time or something. And I had, at this point I developed like a healthy relationship with exercise. You know, I was feeling confident in like the choices I was making in my um, individual life. But I remember one time being on Instagram and seeing like all these people and I was working full time, like longer hours too. And seeing all these people like at the gym, like all day or like every day they post at the gym. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this makes me feel guilty. Like, and I feel like I've done so much work in this area. I can't imagine like how people who are just kind of starting to discover this or just starting to kind of you know formed attachments to exercise or whatever it might be like I can only imagine how they feel seeing this and the pressure that they feel because you're right like when it's on our phone it feels like it's almost in our face 24 7 you know Mm -hmm. for better or for worse in some ways but it can be really hard dealing with that and the pressures that it almost puts that it feels like it puts on us Mm -hmm. because of kind of what we're seeing on there yeah it's it's so true and you kind of touched on a little bit with your own journey with finding you know that healthy balance so you know what does that look like for you and your personal life now like your relationship with nutrition and exercise specifically with you know how busy you are and how many responsibilities that you have what does that look like in your life yeah um oh my gosh it's made such a difference you know like it it's just so nice to have like to take that personal pressure off yourself right and you know if I'm not feeling like exercising that day or if I'm just exhausted or whatever it might be or maybe I don't have time like 
to either totally omit the workout or shift the workout too. Like we talked about, like it doesn't have to be this like gung ho workout, like total high intensity, right? It can be like taking my daughter on a walk or um, doing like a 20 minute bar class or something simple. So I just think that flexibility has really made the difference in order to take the pressure off myself, but also feel like, you know, I can get everything done and I can be a better mom and like a better wife for it because I can just be flexible with this area in my life and it doesn't feel like it has to hit this one exact way of doing it day in and day out. Um, and I think also like it's been really important to me to kind of get to that place with both like food and exercise and just release these attachments to eating a certain way or exercising a certain way because I do have a daughter and I think it's really important to kind of lead, you know, lead by example as much as I can um, because the food and exercise world out there, as much as it's great, it is very confusing and can put pressure on all of our young adults that we want to try and kind of you know, veer away from that pressure and veer more towards that balance of just what healthy living looks like. And that living isn't just about like doing it healthy, it's about so many other things as well. So, so I think it's made a really big difference for me in my life as a mom, but also my personal life in just terms of relationships and just having that flexibility. And how did that look for you like postpartum when you know, there are some of those restrictions on exercise. Like, did you feel like you were in that mindset at that time as well? Or was that an adjustment for you too? So I was, I'll be honest, like, um, cause it was in my twenties that I felt like I really loved exercising. I loved exercising a little too much. Right. So, and I'd kind of gotten away from it, but I was a little worried about that after I had my daughter, like, is this going to be something that's going to bother me? You know? Cause like, it's a good, I had a C-section. So it was like, I think it was like eight weeks I had to not, um, exercise. And I was like, is this going to bother me? But you know, I think there's so much other joy that's brought into that time of your life that it, I was surprised by how much it did it. But I do have to say that like getting out and walking, I had my daughter in like the late summer. So like taking mm-hmm. advantage of the fall walking. And I just think being open to that aspect is exercise and just movement too, even at a very slow pace. I think that was really enjoyable to be and helped with the transition of just, okay, it doesn't have to be this um, set intense thing. It can be slow and go with my body and kind of let my body be the guide until the doctor tells me, uh, until the doctor tells me I can actually go back to actual exercise beyond walking. Um, so I think that was nice to kind of incorporate that option. But beyond that, I think, you know, those first couple of weeks are just so crazy and yeah. <laughs> so much going on. Um, that I think that was helpful just to kind of have walking and getting out and everything like that. Yeah, that's, So I'm 33 weeks pregnant right now. So, and similar to you, I've had those thoughts of like, how am I going to feel when I can't, you know, do my exercise in the way that I've been doing it, but kind of in reflecting, I've noticed like same as you that I've found just different outlets such as walking or, you know, just doing some light stretching and stuff like that, that as long as I'm moving a little bit, it's serving me. And like you said, there's so many other things going on at that time that, you know, exercise kind of is not your top priority at all. So, you know, I think for us and hopefully a lot of other women, that's a really great place to be postpartum where you're not having to worry about, you know, 
bouncing back or getting your body back. It's just doing what you need to do to heal yourself, but also taking care of yourself mentally. And that can be through, you know, light stretching, slow walking, and those types of things um, to kind of just, you know, have that release there. Mm-hmm. And I think you had mentioned before about like shifting, like, okay, like why, what am I getting out of exercise? What do I like to get? Like, what's the reason I'm doing it? Right. And I think for me so much for so long was it provides the stress relief and recognizing that, you know, if that's the real reason I want it day to day in my life, I can get the stress relief around walking, mm-hmm. right. Around stretching around like very light things and just kind of shifting the mindset of that serves the purpose too. And that's kind of really what I'm in those times, the stressful, like postpartum times, like that's really what I'm craving. What right. I need is that stress relief and I can get that out of a walk. Um, and I think kind of shifting that mindset and recognizing, okay, like, yeah, I get the physical benefit, but I can't really get it right now postpartum, but Mm -hmm. what else was I getting that I am going to miss and I do want right now? And how can I get that? Right, right. And it's something that, you know, you can start incorporating pretty soon after birth, depending on, you know, how your birth went. Right. But, you know, sooner than those six to eight weeks, you can at least start doing some things for yourself to have that mental release. And I like that you touch on, even with your clients now that are out of the postpartum phase, you know, your physical exercise actually goes hand in hand with your mental health. And how can we kind of group those things together? Exactly. Exactly. And as I always joke with my clients, you know, like exercise is not your only form of stress relief. Like we can find other things too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so don't think that you're locked into that just because you need like a stress reliever, although it is great. Right. We can find alternatives. That's such a good point. <laughs> well, as we kind of start to wrap up here, why don't you share where people could find you, um, social media or wherever kind of you tend to post most of your things? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Be Balanced Dietitian. Um, and then also my practice is based in North Jersey. It's expert nutrition and wellness. Um, but I'm mostly active on Instagram these days, so that's a great place to find me. Awesome. Well, I will make sure to put that information, too, in the show notes so that people can check your page out. I always love the stuff that you post on there. It's so I think it's so relatable for a lot of people because it's myths that they've heard before, but then you do a really nice job of sharing the education of like, here's why this is actually not true and what we can do about it. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. And I'm so happy that you enjoy the content. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on here today. I'm glad that we were able to connect and to do this. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Health Without Limits podcast. You guys know that I appreciate your support more than anything and really love having this outlet to just share my voice too. Don't forget to reach out to me on social media so that we can connect. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of those will be in the notes section of this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one.